I V M. You're listening to the Cricket Walla Chronicles with Ayaz Memon. Hi, this is Pooja from the Fan Garage, and you're listening to the Cricket Walla Chronicles with Ayaz. Hi, Pooja. Hi. As we draw a wrap on season one, Ayaz, of course, it's been an, a super exciting and, and educative journey uh, for me personally as well. But uh, I think it's only fair that we open out this session um, for, you know, cricket fans in general, for people who hear you and me and, and people who know you so well, you know, having sort of heard you over oh, the wow. years. So we, what, you've got questions? It's, it's called the triple A. Ask Ayaz anything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and let's hear it in their voice. We've got some um, some questions Fantastic. recorded. Yes. I'm expecting some bouncers, beamers, yorkers. I hope so too. And dusras. Sachin Tendulkar is a best cricketer. So, now we're listening to Virat Kohli who can chase him. So, can it happen? What can it happen? There you go, a bouncer coming up. Can Virat chase Sachin Tendulkar? Beshak ho sakta hai. I think, look, you know, records are meant, it's a cliche that records are meant to be broken. Uh, when Gavaskar crossed 10,000 runs, 10,122 and made 34 centuries and went past Bradman and everybody said, my God, that's like the Everest to climb. Yeah. And then what happened? Within a couple of years, there was Sachin Tendulkar breaking or looking like breaking all records, which he did. Yes. He finished with 100 international centuries. Yeah. And now we've got uh, young Virat Kohli, hot in chase, you know, of at least the ODI number of centuries. He might, you never know. You never know, uh, yeah. What he might get. He might actually not reach as many because ODIs might not exist. <laughs> you know, it could happen. So, I look, I think the measure is not only statistical, it's also, you know, the equity you gather as a batsman or as a bowler or as a player. I think uh, Virat's uh, last six months have put him into a position where everybody's talking of him as the next big thing. Much like 20 years or 22 or 25 years back, people were saying Sachin is the next big thing and so on and so forth. So I think he's pretty much on course, but he's still got a long way to go because he's only, I think... Seven, eight years through in his career, he's got another seven, eight years at least to go if yeah. he keeps his form and fitness. So, this is not going to be able Virat Sachin ka scores chase kar sakta. Bilkul kar sakte. <laughs> Bilkul kar sakte. I would have one question to ask Mr. Ayaz is uh, Can you tell me how much of uh, money laundering takes place during the match? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a. By Do- Yorker? Do- no, no, Yorker. <laughs> Look, I mean, I really don't know how much takes place. Money laundering, I, I'm assuming what he means is betting. how much betting takes yeah, place. Yeah, I would think uh, so too. Yeah. So, I, I think, look, volumes of betting in India are massive. Unfortunately, they're all in the illegal sector. Right. You know, so we don't have a clue as to how much it could be. The estimates vary from 100 crore to 1,000 crore to 1,500 crore depends on who you talk to. Right. And therefore, there is, I think, a real indication or at least uh, you know it's actually a very strong signal that betting should be legalized legalized yes and even if it's 100 crore and you tax say 30% and I would say you tax it reasonably 15-20% yeah. and the others can other part you take through income tax you'll get 15 crore if you if it, the volume of betting is 100 crore you'll also know what is happening what is the betting absolutely. pattern absolutely what are the quantums being bet Quantum, and if it's 1000 crore you're getting 150 crore right and I'll tell you why it's important to have legal betting so what's happened in football where you know also a lot of hanky panky can go on or every other sport every sport every has sport. betting on it so FIFA has got 
an office or a, a surveillance cell in in Switzerland hmm. which monitors betting sites all over Europe mm-hmm. and if they see unusual betting patterns they alert okay so, so it's a red flag really it's yeah. a red flag yeah it's a red flag you can call off a match right if the betting is you know so abnormal right and then they monitor the results it allows you to also see how the game is being played rather than just you know every time there's an upset result you say match fix ho gaya right paisa kha gaya which is not good players get demeaned it's not that players have not indulged in spot fixing and match fixing we have enough evidence of that sure but it's in my opinion yeah you can't paint everyone in the same it's, it's not more than maybe 2 or 3% of the players who may have actually got involved at any stage of time right. even in 2000 even in 2013 yes you know if there are 800 200 players in the IPL involved in 2013 yeah. it's not that 100 are involved in you know maybe 4 5 6 so that's 2 3% right but everybody's name gets tarnished so i think it's you know i don't know really to answer the question hmm. how much is the volume but i think it will be sizable and i think that you know i mean indians bet on everything <laughs> you know and anything that's true so why not legalize it fair point why not a pink ball in t20 that will that will uh, color up the the match even more so uh, one of the reasons that pink ball test cricket has been introduced or at least is being tried is a to play in the night right you know and the preliminary test show that the red ball you can't see sure once it's dark even yeah. under floodlight it's too uh, you know difficult to spot the ball yeah and uh, the white ball is already in existence in odis odis and t20 cricket right and therefore to keep a variation going and also it shows the white ball shows up better when there's colored clothing right and the pink ball shows up better when there's white, white clothing, clothing. Right. so that's the reason yeah i think there are some issues even in the shade of pink whether it should be darker lighter yeah. but at some st- look there are always going to be teething problems when the white ball first came and everybody was little agash ke how can you play with a white ball cricket ball beyond red color was never imagined correct but now nobody even thinks twice yeah. so i think pink ball will become par for the course so it's not an innovation as much as it is a necessity really yes it's an innovation in the overall scheme of things that yes. there is another color, color that has been introduced yeah. we as indians uh, or is india truly a cricket loving nation because if we are why is it that our women's cricket team struggles so much to get the same attention oh that's so that's all for women no 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 i think that's an interesting question yeah. so are we a cricket loving country i think fundamental issue is are we a sports loving country so the issue is not just about women's cricket it's women's hockey it's women's football it's women in sport you know barring say in tennis you have a sania mirza or in badminton you have a saina nehwal or yeah. earlier you had the great girls from kerala pt usha and you anju know and anju yeah. and all of them coming yeah. by and large women in the sporting arena in india have been marginalized or sidelined we've never seen them as even important enough to be participating in sports and that's been my biggest grouse right. that if you aspire to be a sporting nation and if you keep half your population out you can never become a sporting nation absolutely yeah you can never win enough medals if you keep your women out in fact the women are doing better whether it's <laughs> yeah. a mary com or a saina yes. or a sania right so yes i think that you know are we a cricketing nation i think we are in the following are we a cricketing nation in excellence to an extent in the men section yes the yeah. women's team has also started doing well it's doing better in terms of performance as well as rewards for themselves themselves ever since they've come under the bcci, BCCI umbrella. umbrella that's right so now bcci is obliged to 
create a schedule, yeah. pay them money, have an international itinerary, send them out for tours. Otherwise, I remember a time, Pooja, when Diana Idalji, Shanta Rangaswamy, Fauzia Khalili and all of those, you know, who were there, women cricketers of 30 years ago. Yeah. They would go, like we used to go and take donations for school fates and functions. Oh my God. Like that, go to corporate homes and houses and say, can you give us 2,000 rupees, 5,000 rupees? We've got a women's cricket tour tournament. Coming up, yeah. You know, we're playing against Australia or we're having a multi-country tour. Because women's cricket body functioned on its own yes. and had really no support. Yes. So that has changed dramatically. Now, does that mean a woman cricketer will earn as much as a Virat Kohli in terms of money earnings? I don't think so. It's not going to happen immediately. It may happen over a period of time. In a team sport, that becomes even more difficult. Yeah. In an individual sport, and it's linked to how much viewership there is, frankly. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, so women's tennis now has got equality. Equal they pay, they yes. are on par. And yeah. after a lot of tri- strife and yeah. trouble and, and vocal, vocal protests. Yeah. You know, pro- protest. But women's women footballers are nowhere near what men's footballers earn. Yeah. Or golfers. That's true. And yeah. so on and so forth. So in terms of money earning, I don't see it the, the parity coming fast because unless the, the women's cricket gets audiences whether at the stadium or television audiences and therefore then sponsorship Sponsor follows. Backing, yeah. And therefore, 26%, which is the norm, comes back to the players from the BCCI. Yeah. That's because the men's section earns a lot of money. Sure. And that's then redistributed amongst them. Right now, women's cricket is being supported. So it needs to be made popular. Right. And that's the job of the BCS, BCCI as well as the players. I think that's the next step. The first step which has been done is that they've come under the BCCI umbrella and therefore there's more cricket that they're playing there's more mention of them in the newspapers. Yes. And hopefully it'll grow from there. Well, let's certainly hope so. The winds of change blow that way too. So here's another interesting question. Do you think T20 will evolve and become shorter than 20 overs, perhaps like 10 overs, you know, just like the <laughs> Hong Kong sixes, especially to draw in new audiences? I, you know, I don't think so. I'll tell you why. A, it's already very short. So... There's been a lot of research and we discussed this in one of our earlier programs. Yes, of course. yeah. That the time taken for a T20 match or the time allotted for a T20 match is about 3 hours, 20 minutes. Right. Which is pretty much the time spent for an evening out by most people. That's why it's been made into... Why is it not 30 over cricket? Right. Or 40 overs? Yeah. You know, from 60 we came down to 50. Why not from 50 to 40 or 35 or 30? Yeah. Because the research was done and it, this is the amount of time after which there's either fatigue boredom or not enough time I want to go back home right this is the time suppose it's I go it's an ideal window right feature films tend to be within the 3 hour window correct yeah. your football matches are about 90 minutes when you take the build up to it the time the break, break in between, in between yeah. and maybe extra time and a penalty shootout yeah. will be about 3 hours right and likewise other sports so I think that's the that's the parameters that you know the the, the ICC has also followed and said T20 fits into this thing very well you might play as an exhibition thing, a 10-over match or a sixes match. But sixes, Hong Kong sixes is about six players. Yes. You know, it's not six overs. Six overs, that's right, yeah. So, it could be six overs also, but that's more exhibition than a full-fledged tournament. I think you still need a little more depth than just, otherwise, why not one over? Like you have a Super Bowl, Super <laughs> yeah, Over. Yeah. You know, and make that the match. Well, so I think you need some little depth also in play. And that's been one of the big criticism, not unjustified, of the traditionalists. That, hey, what is this here? A cricket match which used to take, 
you know, 450 overs over five days, you've reduced it to 20 overs a side, 40 overs. Yeah. It was 10% literally of the game right. that we all knew. So there's been some legitimacy to the complaint, but this format has appealed to people. And I think I would have personally liked 25 overs a team. <laughs> but, you know, you can always say then 30 overs. Yeah. I think the time factor has become very crucial. Yeah. It ends in three hours, 20 minutes, three hours, 15 minutes, you know, things like that. I think it makes sense there. We'll take a short break there and come right back. Lots more questions and googlies coming up. Hi, this is Pooja and you're listening to the Cricketwala Chronicles with Ayaz. We're here on an Ask Ayaz Anything kind of a session and we've got lots of questions come on from our fans on Twitter as well. Coming up, the first one. Your views on changes in the DRS system, Ayaz. So, I fundamental to my argument about DRS is either you have it or you don't. You can't have selective use of DRS. And, you know, the ICC is now trying to make, give umpires... Uh, you know, it should be 50% within the ball should be 50% 50 of the ball should have hit within the stumps, not the external part of the stump. Mm-hmm. Are you getting me? I mean, yeah. now they've had this meeting technical committee and the ICC has said it should be 50% of the ball should have hit the interior of the stump, not the exterior. Right. So it's still giving a little more advantage to the umpires. But my point is this, if technology is useful as it has been shown to be, uh, there are two big factors why I feel that technology should be used one is that most players seem to want it because they feel it helps them either overcome a wrong decision because yeah. you feel gives that them another chance so to speak not only a chance you feel it's fairer if the umpire had to give you out you might feel you know that something has gone wrong with either his judgment or some bias or some prejudice or yeah. whatever you might have that's yeah. why neutral umpires came in into the first place yeah. the other part of the story is that you can't have a situation where india is playing australia and there is no drs but if australia is playing england there is drs <laughs> yeah. you know in no sport does it happen that you have a selective use of technology or a system right you can't have hawkeye being used for federer versus nadal yeah. at wimbledon but not dokovic versus federer right it's not possible it makes a mockery of it absolutely yeah the constraints have been for the bcc uh, no, not just not the bcc certainly but for the icc that the technology is expensive and it is not foolproof mm-hmm. so if it's very expensive if it is going to cost 60 lakhs or 80 lakhs rupees yeah. you know 100000 dollars or more it may be very difficult to employ or deploy when bangladesh is playing zimbabwe right because the funds are just not available correct or even for the west indies so who digs into whose pockets whose pockets yeah. i think the solution there is how do we have neutral umpires icc appoints the neutral umpires yeah pays them right they've got a sponsor who funds that whole umpiring activity Correct. so they need to do that right the other is about the technology that technology has got a 57% correction 8% and there is the argument which is strong enough hmm. that actually when you look at the mistakes made by the umpires the margin of error is not more than 7 8% right so why do we need drs yeah i'm willing to buy that argument if you say we are keeping all technology on hold till they improve and come up to 98 99% then we'll use technology yeah but then nobody uses technology you right. can't have part of the sport run by technology and part not right because this sport is also remember run very highly through stats so india whenever it's playing has no use of technology or doesn't use technology mm-hmm. and australia and england do but the stats as they are computed are the same 
right batting averages yes. bowling averages strike rates yeah. are all computed in a common way right but the decisions given are different yeah. you get what i'm yes, saying yes yes so i think there is a there is a lacuna there which needs to be addressed right who is the most dangerous batsman in t20 currently hmm it's a tough call you know there are uh, on current form there's virat kohli there's always chris gale who's you know who can hit the ball long distances out of yeah. the park but i would for a for a complete all-round batsman i think my favorite would be or my most potent player would be ab de villiers mm-hmm. you know because uh, he's got everything in him to win a match from virtually every situation i mean virat kohli had a great season yeah but if he has a great three more seasons then you know then we can talk if yeah. look if you look at gale and de villiers they've been actually the best performing in the maximum number of hundreds are made by chris gale yeah but in terms of all aspects of batting you know in terms of creative stroke play running between the wickets the range that he's got you know they call him mr 360 now yeah. because he plays strokes all over the park yeah it should be devilish for me good one um an interesting question let's see how you get this one why doesn't bcci allow indian players to play in other t20 leagues shouldn't they be allowed to participate in leagues that are mushrooming and getting popular around the world So I mean this is a vexing question it's not a question so easily answered it's not about you know human rights <laughs> or or brand power or, or work rights no yeah. right to work yeah. it may come to that yeah. you know the india's producing so many cricketers who all of them may not be absorbed into the IPL yes, and absolutely. therefore they will look at avenues uh, to earn money elsewhere so it's like this when IPL started a lot of the boards didn't want their players to be playing the ipl mm-hmm. the english cricket board for instance yes. were very very stern that's true new zealand was the one board which agreed after much protest because the new zealand players said we'll go on strike yeah. or we don't want to play for new zealand so they relented right so did the australians if you look at the earlier ipls the bulk of the aussie players were all those who were retired who were about to retire yeah. you know glen magra shane warne damian martin and so on so on and so forth yes even ricky ponting joined in yeah I think there are two facets uh, aspects to this one is that if you take any other window so for instance if you're playing the big bash it clashes with your domestic season so if your players migrate and play the big bash then they're not playing domestic cricket yeah in the season in the home season right or if you're playing during uh, you know uh, during the IPL obviously you're not available for the IPL right and if india is the powerhouse of cricket people are watching Indian players perform because that's where the bulk of the eyeballs are coming from. Right. Then you are actually letting go of your control. That's as as simply always put the as, problem. As always, yeah. As always the problem. Though I feel that over a period of time that might be difficult to sustain for the BCCI, as the West Indies found out. Yes. You know, people say, you know, I'll go and play. Ban me if you want. Right. Suppose the Big Bash. I'm just giving you a theoretical example. Big Bash says we want players so and so from India who is not playing in the IPL is not part of the Test team. Yeah. I'm willing to pay two million dollars. Right. The guy might want to go. Absolutely. And how can you stop? He'll yeah. say, okay, ban me. Yeah. And that's where also somewhere perhaps the concept of free agents came in. It could, but you know, it doesn't stop people from banning. Yeah. I mean, that that kind of a litigation would be very difficult to. handle yes for so, anybody absolutely yeah. yeah yeah but it could get to a situation where they disregard playing for india or in domestic cricket or whatever and say fine hmm interesting here's another one for the cricket connoisseur in you is it okay if a player just aims to play in t20 cricket and leagues and not bother about playing test cricket absolutely okay maybe he's not good enough unless he's so good 
well, he won't know if he doesn't get a chance to play or doesn't want to play. He only wants to be a T20 cricketer. It might come to that. Mm-hmm. It might come to that. But I think even now, uh, the current generation, if you speak to them, the best players think the pinnacle of cricket is test cricket. You know, so the biggest challenge for Virat Kohli is not just making runs in the IPL, but making it at the test level because that's where it, the test is the sternest. Right. And for Steve Smith or Kane Williamson, about you know, amongst the batsmen and yeah. there are bowlers, you know, Mitchell Stark, you tell him, you know, he's the best ODI bowler and T20 bowler. Mm. But unless he takes two, three hundred wickets, he might not be regarded as a great bowler in the history of Australian cricket or world cricket. Right. As of now, there might come a time, maybe there has already come a time to that extent where players aspire for livelihood. I must be just good enough to play T20 for a league and I'm not available for any. I mean, Dirk Nannis. Yeah. You know, some players come to mind. But they were never good enough to play test cricket for any length of time. Mm-hmm. So they settled for the lower option and they are happy. But they have to also perform at some level of excellence there to be part of the circuit or that system or that ecosystem. But if you want to play across all formats, I still think that players are highly desirous of playing test cricket. Now, I must add a caveat here. Mm-hmm. We saw indications or contraindications where West Indies was concerned. Chris Gale, Dwayne Bravo, etc., hmm. etc. Et they moved out, but I think it was more to do with their poor relationship with the uh, with the, with the board. West Indies cricket board rather yeah. than their dislike for Test cricket. Yes, they still wanted to play at the highest level. They weren't allowed to play, or maybe they ran their own agenda wrongly. What I'm not getting into who's to blame. Yeah, but they were lost to Test cricket, and West Indies cricket suffered the test the, the test part. I would be very unhappy. But maybe because I'm old-fashioned, the new generation, I don't know how 20 years from now will think. Hmm. I would be very unhappy if there's no test cricket. If there's no test cricket? Yeah. And if your best players settle to play only T20. Because I don't see even ODI cricket lasting forever. Yeah. So if the sport becomes unidimensional, if there's only T20 cricket, I would be extremely unhappy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Two quick questions. It's like futsal and football. Yeah. You know? Well, let's see how it all plays out. The last delivery in the over. What's the best way to utilize Sachin's talent and experience for the betterment of cricket and the Indian team? That's a interesting question. Yes. And actually, uh, it should be lobbed to Sachin Tendulkar. <laughs> you know? Well, let's because, hear your views for because now. Because <laughs> there's, you know, there are all kinds of things that he can do. Yeah. So he can be the best ambassador for Indian cricket that Indian cricket has ever had. Yes, which he is which also. He is. Yes. Which he is. I mean, you know, what I'm saying is in an official kind of... So he was the ambassador for the 2015 World Cup. The ICC used him. Yes. You're right. He is Indian cricket's ambassador in many ways. Yes. But he could become even stronger. I would want him to become the statesman for, for cricket, for the sport, not mm. just Indian cricket. Mm-hmm. But particularly about Indian cricket, does he want to be coach? Does He's already part of the cricket advisory committee. Yes. Informally, when he's, you know, he's... A, is a mentor. Yes. Informally. Yes. Not in a formal designated position. He's not the chief coach like Kumble. Right. But if somebody meets him or wants a tip or wants to talk to him, right. surely Sachin is not going to say, don't talk to me. <laughs> right. You know, so yeah. he's, and he's, he's actually shown eagerness to go and talk to younger batsmen, yes. younger players. Yes. Rohit Sharma talks about it, but not because he's from Mumbai Indians, but yeah. otherwise also. Or, you know, Ajinkya Rane who plays for, uh, or, or Virat Kohli, yeah. who's, you know, says that, I go up to him whenever. So, whether he wants an... I think the crux of this question is whether he wants an official designated post. Does he want to be BCCI president? 
or secretary i don't think so <laughs> i think he would be rather involved with the sport itself yes. how it's played i would think so yeah how it will grow how it will evolve what can be done to improve indian cricket or world cricket mm-hmm. those are roles that he would want to play and he'll probably straddle both the bcci and the icci whether formally or informally right but more in an advisory and a statesman's kind of position rather than getting down to becoming a coach or something at least in the near future yeah. i don't see that happening so cricket statesman is is how we you think yeah he should be i think he should be yes well which is which is great and uh, i think that's about enough we have time for ayas as many questions as they Wonderful. are to ask yes. you but Here it is. Thank you for a phenomenal season Pooja and, has and been sharing fantastic. your chronicles with us. Yes, and I think I wouldn't have. You know, you've been there hurling all these deliveries at me, and I had no <laughs> choice but to take play each ball on its merit. Yes, absolutely. And then every stint that we've had, take fresh guard. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So and till we meet next season. Next season. Signing off from the Cricket Wala Chronicles. Pooja from the Fan Garage. Thanks, Ayaz. Bye bye. Cricket Wala Chronicles is available on iTunes, Audioboom, YouTube, the IBM Podcast app and many other podcasting apps that you may like.